Welcome to Bachelor of Hearts Presents Scholarship, the real love boat Australia podcast that asks the question, where do you stand on grapes? You know, I have a mixed history with grapes. Really? As a fruit? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm into the skin. (gasps) I'm shocked. But they do produce a wonderful juice. I've tried not, in my experience, I try not to judge grapes by their skin oh true are you a red grape or a green grape see for me it doesn't matter it's what's on the inside that counts uh, Pips. I, I love them give I me more it. of those seeds more pippy boys my name is xavier rebetsky noonan and i love the bachelor i'm pretty fond of the real love boat australia yeah and i hate the ss novel coronavirus <laughs> joining me as always is my first mate max quinn ahoy toot toot how you doing maxi beep beep things are going great excellent firstly I would like to acknowledge that today we are recording on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and pay our respects to the traditional owners and custodians of this land. We acknowledge that sovereignty of this land was never ceded and that it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. We are back for another exciting episode, another exciting installment. Both of those words mean the same thing. Absolutely they do. Don't really need a synonym. It's the Bachelor of Hearts presents Scholarship Baby, and here's how it works, okay? Me, Xavier RN, we love talking about The Bachelor. Channel 10 took it off the air. They Got said their no, little, no. Uh, what do you call that? Sheep cane, and they crooked us right off the air. What they did is they sort of dangled The Bachelor in front of us on some kind of like a, a hook or a, like a lure. Yes. And we went, ooh, that's, that looks that's tasty. That's tasty. Give we me some of that. swam ever closer towards it. Love to nibble on that. Only for us to, for them to yank it. I guess this is not how fishing works. <laughs> and replace it with a substitute bait that we then took also. Right. We took the second bait because yeah. we're just fucking stupid little fish really yeah. at the end Look, of the day. We were like, what was that? Doesn't, I can't remember. No, I'm hungry for something. I don't care what it is. And this is what it is. It's the the Real Love Boat Australia, and we are here to break down everything that has happened in episodes three and four. So much to talk about. Thankfully, this bait is also quite yummy. Oh, yeah. Uh, on week two of the Love Boat Australia, the drama ramps up as the ship heads to Italy. Ship heads. That's us. We're just a couple of shipheads. Ah, oh, it would have been a better podcast title, <laughs> wouldn't quite it? quite good, isn't it? Damn it. God damn it. We should have thought of that. Mm. We did think of a lot of names. Uh, which we listed in our previous episode. If you haven't heard it, uh, please do feel free to go back. Yes. Uh, tension brews like espresso coffee. And uh, while some relationships are aging like a fine Chianti, some seem to be leaning on a very dangerous angle. Oh. This is my Italian, you know, little tease, right? Okay. Whose eyes will be hit by the moon in a way <laughs> not dissimilar to a big pizza pie? Great. Uh, who will end up alone, or as the Italians pronounce it, alone? <laughs> really good. Mamma mia. 
Continue. Here we well that that was the end of it. All I had for that. Uh, here we go again though mm. with uh, with our second episode. Yeah. Before we jump into the deep end of the ocean. Yes. <laughs> Before we jump off the bow into the Pacific. Mm-hmm. It is the Mediterranean. All right. Before we get wet. Oh yeah. Like Andrew WK baby. Mm-hmm. Um, let's quickly discuss the the one who brung us here yeah the bachelor in a segment that we like to call the bachelor catch up bring it on so first of all um i don't know if you heard about this this actually happened like two weeks ago and i missed it so i'm just playing catch up here great well catch up it is the name of the segment after all the bachelor is thomas maliocelli oh was he on this episode of the love boat when they're in italy i don't think so <laughs> Uh, Thomas Malicelli has been rushed to hospital after his motorbike collided with a car in Sydney. Oh, fuck. I know. As we're doing a funny show here, and it, unfortunately he's, he's had, a, had a prang. Oh. Um, sharing the news on his Instagram page, Thomas said he was, quote, so grateful to be alive right now after suffering a broken collarbone and a torn ligament on his thumb. Uh, now, Thomas Malicelli's Instagram page is still private, mm. but somebody at the Daily Maily Straley clearly has an in. I get it. Uh, and so they have shared pictures of Thomas in recovery. He says, quote, I am being looked after so well, which I assume yes. is in reference not to the staff, you know, the doctors and nurses oh, or whatever. at the Royal Children's Hospital. Right. Because, <laughs> of course, he is but a wee boy. Westmead, yes. Uh... I assume that's in reference to the Bachelor contestant that he definitely ended the show with yeah. and is still definitely together with to I this day. I think that's the way that that's happening. Many months after the shooting and, and many months before it will air. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also adds, quote, I'm so grateful that my body is a miracle. Oh. Which to me feels like this is part of the never-ending isogenics grind. That really feels like spiritual nonsense to me. Right, but don't you think it has that element of like, I'm so glad I took all these protein shakes. Absolutely. These mysterious powders. Yes. Whatever it is that that, uh, we've discussed him being involved with. Yeah, I'm so glad that I sold all of these protein shakes to children. Right. uh, Because it has equipped me with the power of a thousand small babies. Right, and I think that's why... To withstand this crash. That's why he was able to get into the children's hospital. Right. Of course. Because he has been supplying them with all of their children's uh, grunt power. <laughs> you know, all the... Yeah, the little snuffly grunter shakes. Right, exactly. That allow the kids to do all the heavy lifting around there. Yep. This is a new segment, but we get to take a little bit of creative license. Every so often. Yeah. Meanwhile, another one of our future bachelors. Oh, yes. Felix. Uh, guess again. <laughs> No, the other one. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was twenty five year old musician Jed McIntosh. I'm <sighs> more um, of a Jed PC guy these days. <laughs> um, Jed has been spotted out and about again. Oh, this no. is something which has happened a few times now. Oh um, dear. I mean, like he's allowed to leave the house. This is not really the the crux of the story. Um, he's been spotted out in a gout, dis- despite out in a gout. Out in a gout. He better His get to that. Are fucking huge. <laughs> he better get to that children's hospital. There you go. Uh, despite pressures to keep a low profile whilst waiting, uh, an indefinite amount of time for the show to premiere. Yikes. This time, uh, Jed was spotted partying with the cast of this year's Married at First Sight, uh, at a celebrity boxing event. Oh no, who was boxing each other? Well, yes, um, 
I I want to talk about this. This yes. is this is the main story. Is this is celebrity this the Kieran and and someone else long held beef? So I mentioned I mentioned this celebrity boxing event because I don't know if we've really talked about this, but there is. I think you were talking about a, a previous event. Yeah. But there there is a very real and very strange reality TV villain to celebrity boxing participant pipeline that yes. exists in this country. Yes. Um, I don't watch Married at First Sight, so I haven't paid a huge amount of attention to this specific event, um, which featured people called Brent Vitellio no. and Daniel Holmes Couldn't as headliners. But it does call to mind events from last year that I think you were talking about, which featured Jamie Doran, Patty Collier, Tim Hanley, Pascal Wallace, and Kieran Stott. Yeah. Uh, Kieran was apparently involved in this one as well on the weekend. Uh, And Ali Ojin was scheduled to be, but she had to pull out last minute due to an injury in training. Um, But I, you know, I've seen, I've seen quite a few people talking about it this week, um, this event. Uh, including Abby Chatfield, uh-huh. who posed the question in her Instagram story, how come these reality TV people are the only ones who do it? They're the only public figures who do it. There's no, like, DJs that do it. There's no musicians that do it. It's only It only seems to be people from reality TV. Why? Is it an MLM? Are they recruiting each other? What is it? That's fascinating. Yeah, and I think I, I do think that it's interesting that a lot, and and not all of them, but a lot of the people that I just mentioned, mm. uh, played a villain role, or or at least were perceived that way in their yes. time on the show. You know, we got we got Pascal, we got Kieran, we got I guess P- Kieran had a sort of fall from grace, yeah, similar to Tim Hanley, um, Jamie Doran, Jamie Doran, yeah. I I wonder, like we have talked a, a bit about the reality villain to conservative slash anti-vax slash QAnon slash conspiracy sort of... Theorist pipeline, yes. Yeah, right. They don't trust the media, and then obviously that proliferates because it doesn't assign with their... or align, rather, with their vision of themselves. Right. I wonder, do you know, do you reckon there is any kind of correlation there? Do you think it's just a coincidence? Hmm. I I mean, I don't think they're necessarily the exact same thing. I don't think so either. I think that it is more, more correlated with, like, how little boys are told to handle their problems... Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, this feels like very much children fighting on the playground. Mm. And uh, look, the reason why it's only reality TV stars who do this is because we all grew out of this at six or seven years old, (laughs) and they did not. And the reason that they're on reality TV is because they have been cast for that very reason. They have not grown out of those tendencies, and they make great television because of it. I think you're right. There's a there's a certain sort of hot-headedness that a casting yes. director for a reality yes. TV show is looking for, um, and that can be found, you know, there's a big overlap between groups of people who might react strongly to emotional stimuli on The Bachelor or the, the sort of physical stimuli of a, of a boxing thing. Right. Uh, the people who would bottle up and explode hmm. in such a way as you are not allowed to on the TV show because you will forfeit your paycheck. Right. You know what? We're a capitalist society and we live under the God of fucking the almighty dollar. Right. Let's make our money from The Bachelor and then let's also separately make our money from the celebrity boxing tournament. And I think there's also something to the fact that, like, once the Bachelor thing is done and yes. it's out of your system or whatever, you have uh, a following that you can choose to lever- leverage towards whatever you want. And maybe it'll help you get more people to the show or, whatever, or to the match or whatever. Uh-huh. But also, beyond that point, there aren't a huge amount of, like, direct opportunities necessarily. Right. You know? And I put it that you have a following and an unrepentant anger inside of you. Mm. 
and not much to do with it right. besides Fucking this opportunity that can come up. You know? Yeah, to go um, full Dave Callanan in Skit House and yeah. fucking snap each other. And I do think we have talked a little bit in the past about the correlation between the... It, particularly in The Bachelor. And yeah. it's funny that we're talking about The Real Love Boat at the moment because uh-huh. I, this is one of the differences that I've noticed between The Real Love Boat and The Bachelor is that The Real Love Boat focuses more on people's real authentic reactions to things. Whereas The Bachelor, by design, sort of exists or sort of encourages people to have the biggest reactions to everything that you can imagine. Create situations for people to respond to. Right. And and uh, anything that can be taken out of... Uh, context or take blown out of proportion will be because that's what the show needs. Um, That instinct um, is what they're looking for when they're casting these people. And that is a a skill that these people like work on and build up. Yeah. And that is something that I feel is very similar to things like the way that, you know, uh, sports events are promoted. I feel like I've talked about it being very similar to pro wrestling in the past yeah. where it's all about like, obviously it's like about like building a storyline and about building um, rivalries. Narratives, and, character arcs, the whole thing. Yes, exactly. And sometimes that means playing the heel mm-hmm. and it means being the bad guy publicly. And, you know, maybe eventually that will allow you to segue into uh, a better arc for yourself. Or sure. Something. But um, maybe it's coming to terms with like, this is what the people want from me. And you know, I can come out and, and be the bad guy every night and people will cheer and roar with approval. And right. That's my place in the world. And that's fine. It's just that within the parameters of a reality TV show, the show has to end. Right. Within the parameters of, of wrestling, yeah. let's take, for example, the show goes on. Right. You know, like this has been an institution for such a long time that you can have a heel turn and then you can have a recovery. Yeah. What do you call that? A hero turn? Yeah. Yeah. A face turn. Yeah. Face turn. Thank mm. you. Uh, whereas, right, if you have a heel turn on Australian reality television in particular, mm. there's not much coming back from it within the parameters of that show. And you have to do what Abby did, right? Like mm. they tried to make her a fucking villain and she said, no, I'm going to use my skills and my understanding of how young people in this country think and identify a gap in the market mm. and pursue it. Mm. This is not what these people are doing. They're saying what I'd like to do instead of that is hit someone else in the face right and maybe they're thinking like i'm making the most of this while i can yeah and you know i'm putting i'm putting my imagination to work as we do in this news segment and i'm trying to picture what it would be like to be one of these people who is like in good physical shape yeah and what do you do with that (laughs) yeah like these people get incredibly fit so that they look very good to go on the bachelor and bachelor in paradise all Uh this kind of shit right and then they have all these muscles and like you know how do you put them to use yeah it's a good question anyway I mean, this is just a discussion. Yeah. Um, we don't, there's no clear answer. And it's just, it's barely a news story. But I just <laughs> wanted to talk to you about it. Um, speaking of putting things to bed, though, let's put The Bachelor to bed for a moment. And let's talk briefly about a little show that takes place on the high seas. All right. Night, night, bitch. In a segment that I like to call Boat World Float Up. Oh, yes. Tell us everything about what's happening on the Real Love Boat Australia. Okay, so first of all, I just want to do a quick ratings check-in. Oh, yeah, please. So, I mean, I don't like to start the episode with doom and gloom. Okay. Um, but week two, which are the episodes we're going to talk about later in this episode, yes. was pretty poor again for the Love Boat Australia. And so they were shifted into a later time slot for these episodes. Is that correct? Correct, yes. So episode three from Wednesday night... Um, where it had a lead in from a repeat of a show that dog show dog show. Yes. Uh, drew in 129,000 overnight Metro viewers. 
Um, whereas the lead-in from the season premiere of Gogglebox on Thursday night helped that episode, number four, float up to 205,000. That's good. So a little better. Um, I can also report the updated totals for the first two episodes. Uh So these are the ones we talked about on our previous episode. Um, Now that there's been a week of catch-up and the non-metro audiences have been tabulated, yada yada. You also get the video on demand streaming. Right, exactly. Uh, episode one lifted 30% to a total of 362,000 viewers. Okay. While episode two lifted 40% to 320,000 viewers. That's all right. Yeah. So both of them are like lower than any Batchy episode. Sure. But not like staggeringly so. Yeah. I feel like nobody would be happy about it. And, um, you know, I, th- I think, uh, we, we've seen some, I've I've been looking at the TV blogs and people are reporting doom and gloom and stuff like that, but yeah. I don't think it's the it's a brand new show. I think they're figuring out where it fits in the ecosystem. It's a brand new show, and particularly, it's probably a cheap show for them to produce. Yes, you know what I mean. The cast is small. The shooting time is is limited. Everything is sponsored by right. the cruise ship. They're getting a big kickback from right, that. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? I feel like 329,000 overnights is not necessarily a win, but it might be a break even. Mm. And for this to reach it's a not second overnight. season... It's and over, over a week, but still. Uh, sure, sure. Sorry, yes. Um, to undergo a reinvention maybe for season two or find some sort of different niche audience, some cool thing happens. Mm. That's a punt worth taking. Yeah. Um, another good story that I found on the TV blogs, um, just wanted to briefly touch on this. Uh, it's a headline from TV tonight that says, did the real love boat shoot disrupt real passengers? So this is something that we briefly noticed that there were some people sort of milling about in the background. Yes. Um, it's a question we had on the pod. It's, it's also something that's come up on socials and it's also something that came up on Gogglebox this Mm. week, um, where Mia and Lee, I don't watch Gogglebox. I don't know these people, but go on. Um, said, asked, I hope they wouldn't be interrupting the other people's crews. If they said I can't go into the pool because they're filming something like this, I'd say bullshit and jump straight in anyway. Um, somehow Yahoo lifestyle got access to the letter that was given to contestant. I'm sorry. That was given to passengers informing them that this show was being filmed. Oh, yikes. So somebody like submitted this, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's very juicy. Yeah. Um, and they also got some quotes from passengers who were not very pleased about the shooting taking place. Um, there is, there is one here that I'll read, even though it's kind of, kind of long. Uh, Ms. Johnson from England said she never would have booked the Regal Princess for her 50th birthday if she'd known about the disruptions after spending thousands on the trip. Good Lord. We would not have joined the ship for my 50th birthday celebrations had we known the potential disruption at times. As having a set of stepladders straddled across the bottom of my sun lounger for a lighting crew member to start fitting string lights around the sun deck during late afternoon, ready for filming. Trolleys of equipment noisily wheeled back and forth, main areas were cordoned off, and passengers were flicked out of the way so that they could build a set for filming. Maybe many passengers were intrigued and felt part of the experience, but we were not. This like is it, incredible. It goes on like this. It's, yeah. It's quite interesting. Um, to me, if I can propose a solution. Please propose. This, this feels like a failure to market the cruise properly. Right. Because we know for a fact that hundreds of thousands of people all around Australia excitedly tuned into this show when it was broadcast Huge on television. opportunity, right? same in the US. And I know for one that I, if I had a chance to be there, you yeah. all heard how excited I got last week when I got to visit the Bachelor's Mansion, which was empty. They'd filmed there three or four months beforehand. Right. If you told me that I could book a cruise and I could see some of my favorite TV characters of all time. This is what's important. I'm talking... Tyler. Tyler. I'm talking... Dave. 
Pad Paddy? Pad Thai. Yeah, Pad Tyler. I'm talking the rest. Yeah. I actually can't, you know, there's there's plenty of good Probably ones. Probably someone called Liz. Yeah, why not? Could be coming as well. Yeah. Um, or it could have been Liz one Cumming. of my fellow passengers. Yep. Hey, welcome. Uh, I just feel like if they had reached out to these people who are clearly interested, such as myself and Maxie, yep. Yep. maybe it's something they want to think about for the second time. I think that's true. You know what? Put out a casting call for extras. Right. Exactly. I'll go. I'll, I'll go. I will take that bullet. Yeah. If you have to send me on a free cruise to the Mediterranean. I'll do it. I will do that. If for I have you. to leave my my life behind for a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. Look, I will make Even that sacrifice. Even at serious sunburn risk. Yeah, you know. Look, I'm pasty. I won't. I won't make any bones I'm about it. I'm not built for that world. No. You know? it's not made for me. I'll if I. This is truly brave. Yeah, I will go shirtless in the background of a shot. I will fucking fake tan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want it, Channel Ten. And in fact. I'll go on the show yeah. as a contestant. Yeah, fuck yeah. You know what? Do that. <laughs> you know I what? think Maybe that's I a really actually. good way to do that. It's probably a really yeah. good idea. Yeah. Um, extremely briefly, the last piece of news for yes. the Boat World float yes. up. Uh, we have had some contact from a couple of people from the, the, from the stars boat of this season of the Real yeah. Upper Australia. What's up, Boat Boys? Uh, boat Bells, Boat, 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 boat Squad. <laughs> Uh, which was quite unexpected and very mm. nice and will obviously completely bias our coverage Absolutely, of this season yeah. going forward. Yeah. So you may as well unsubscribe now, everybody. I would now, say just tune out. Yeah. Uh, but a couple of things I wanted to share. Yes. Um, and I didn't ask if I could share these things. No, no, no. You go right ahead. Um, firstly, Sari, Sari got in touch. Oh, we love Sari. And she wanted to clarify her comment on episode one uh-huh. where she said... I would like someone who doesn't care about my personality. Oh, yeah. What does this mean? Yeah. So we we heard this and we kind of assumed that maybe she was taken out of context or yeah. she misspoke or something like that. But she told us, I meant it. Um, I align with INTJ personality. Um, oh, Myers-Briggs. Is, yeah. Which is often, un- uh, sorry, often misunderstood and a bit blunt. Uh-huh. So I'd like people to not care too much about that. Oh. So I think what she's saying is like, I have a personality that doesn't necessarily gel with everybody. I would want someone who doesn't care about that. You oh, know? Yes. Not, I don't, I want someone who doesn't care whether or not I have a personality. Right, right. Exactly. Which makes total sense. Yes. Um, thank I you, sorry. It was worth clarifying and thank you, sorry for, for letting us know. Um, also, I had a very quick DM chat with Tyler. Oh, yes. Um, and Tyler shared some interesting stories. I don't know if I'm allowed to share some of these. I, I like, you know, I don't want her to get in trouble with anybody. No, no, let it rip. Um, but she mentioned, I just wanted to clarify this on a technical note. Uh-huh. The handheld camera footage. Yes. Um, it, it was in fact shot on iPhones. Uh-huh. Um, but they, they were given phones to use, but not the passcodes. And so they had access to the camera oh. and the flashlight and the alarm. And that was oh, it. Isn't that clever. interesting, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, uh, I, I just felt like I had to share that because I was like, oh, that's a fun that's little workaround. That's such a good production trick. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the producers would like take them off them each day so that they could upload all the video footage yeah, of course. and go through it and stuff. But um, yes, anyway, I'm hoping that we might get a chance to talk to her again in the not too distant oh, I future. I how many phones they'd have on the go. <laughs> That's true. That would yeah. be very confusing. Um, but uh, yes, that's ju- just a couple of things I wanted to drop in. And, uh-huh. uh, uh, if you're a cast or crew member of the Love Fair Australia, you want to get in touch, please do. What up? We'd love to hear from you. Um Maybe you're a maybe you're a big fan. You want to follow us on social media. You can find us at Boh Pod. Oh yeah, this is a good shit. There's also a uh, Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting Facebook group if you use that social media platform. Right, Xavier, uh, uh, you were saying earlier today that you were thinking that you might buy Parlor. <laughs> Wait, what? 
You might buy the social media app Paula. The, oh, the that's January right. Six interac- interaction was uh, yeah. Organized on. I feel like it's gone quiet lately, and yeah. I feel like they're probably looking for a new home. So yeah, I'm gonna buy the notorious right wing anti vax uh, QAnon. You know the whole the whole nine yards. You're gonna buy that platform. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna we'll get, repurpose it. Yeah, I think I'm that's gonna become the us. new head of it using yeah. the money that I have. Yeah. And and uh, where does that money come from? You ask. Yeah. Well, a lot of it is coming from our. Beautiful Bang. fans, supporters, really well done. friends, Segway. our wonderfuls, mm. like just the greatest people on planet Earth, yeah. who are supporting us on the platform known as Parlor. No, sorry, known <laughs> as Patreon. Um, we have bonus episodes coming out twice a month on the Patreon service. Last month we watched the Flintstones. Usually we watch The Bachelor. Right. I can't say that the Flintstones is an event that we will necessarily repeat until next September. Sure. Flintstone Timber. What, sure. what do we call it? Flintstones month. Rock tip? I don't know. It's hard to um, say. Anyway, we watched September the Flintstones for a bit. But, but what we're doing this month is both of us are going to read a book. Thank you. And so if you want to encourage us to read a book, which is not something I do very often. No, I don't I'm like a it. I'm notoriously terrible Actively reader. Actively dislike book reading. Yeah. Uh, in fact, <laughs> the audiobook for Brooke's book comes out in like two days. The audiobook. So, uh, yeah, the audiobook uh, as read by Brooke. Um, so I may just wait until that. But Makes sense. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, but also later this month, we will be uh, discussing a horrifying, bone-chilling, spine-tingling motion picture. That's right. No, that's next month. Fuck. <laughs> we, we can't spoil that yet. Damn it. Uh, yes. Anyway, um, thank you again to our subscribers uh, for, for, for taking care of that. But regardless... It's time for us to dump it, dump into the recap. Let's fucking dump it, baby. <laughs> Let's get that dump truck out. Mm-hmm. Let's back it up. Beep style. <laughs> Let us dump. Let us hump to bump. Oh my God. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Uh, into the Real Love Boat Australia season one, episode three. This episode aired on the 12th of October, 2022. Mm. We begin in the port city of Marseille, France, and we check in on Naomi and Dan, who spent the night in the upgrade suite. However, they have now made the decision to take things slow, not rush things, mm. and uh, they opted to sleep separately. Okay. So we talked a big game about this being the fuck suite, but it may not be the case. No. Elsewhere on the boat, Patty is keeping Tyler, Moana, and Sari company in the hot tub, all three of whom expressed an interest in him uh, at the the previous night at the captain's table. Yes. So we've got we've got people making pitches. You yeah. Know? Um, like one of the French girls, perhaps. Oh, look, we're we're pitching for Patty. Mm-hmm. Um, Sari's strategy here is to look hot and do ab workouts in front of him, which is iconic behavior. It's a great, it's a great strategy. I like this. You know a lot. what? And if you like, I don't care. Uh, if you, and you know what? If you like. I don't want you to care about my personality. At least care about my abs. It's true. Yeah. I did see on uh, on Sari's TikTok, she had clipped the audio from this and was like using the, you know, all I want to do today is look hot or whatever. And I'm like, that is actually really right. good. I that don't is think... trending audio if ever I heard it. Right. Like, I don't think about this as much as, as maybe a younger person would when they're watching their... Um, traditional media sure about what segments can be pulled to take uh-huh. into out of context and put into the new media yeah but that that felt fully like a very viable it's a strategy. very realized way of doing it so today the couples who won the getaway dates will get to cash them in we have sally and jay who will have a date at a vineyard uh chelsea and dalton will have a tar- tarot card reading and chris and katie will visit the historic monument the palais longchamp oh great 
First, we see single parents, Sally and Jay, as they stroll through the vineyard hand in hand before arriving at a big wooden bucket filled with grapes where a man Mm. tells them to take off their shoes. And that's right. This is so exciting. It is time. This is so good. Once again, for the grand tradition of copping the foot juice. And we're going to get... Get, get juicy. So get juicy, juicy, nice and juicy. Get I'm so excited. We are what, squelching the citrus fruit with our feet. Hey, grapes. Okay. Just, just straight in. At this point, I'd rather drink the foot juice and make Matt happy. So I'm just going to cop the foot juice. Cop the foot juice. Cop the foot juice. I love how long it goes on for. <laughs> That's one of your hallmarks, is taking something past the point that it's funny. Oh, yeah. Then continuing it, mm-hmm. and then it becomes funny again. Do you think there should be more going on in that clip? I think that there could definitely be more layers, yeah. more layers added. I was thinking of more stuff as I was leaving the house today, so if yes. that comes back, if hey, speaking of things, by the way, that you could clip out and put on, on fucking TikTok, mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Yeah. We'll make a music video for it. We'll try and synchronize oh, a dance. Dano. Yeah, it, it's the two of us just making oh, noises oh, 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 and cutting back and forth. We're choreographing at this point. Let's move on. I love that copping the foot juice has made the jump from the world of The Bachelor to... The world of the real love boat. It's one of romance's true hallmarks in this country. <laughs> Truly. it's You're not really in love unless you've copped the foot juice. It's true. Uh, Jay actually does go for a taste of it. So he literally does cop the cop foot it. juice, yep. um, which is quite bold. Mm. Um, I think Abby, in that original clip, like went for it. And then Matt like laughed and was like, you're not actually going to really do it, are you? I don't know. Whereas Jay was just like, yeah, I'll have a fucking swig. Yeah, I? yeah. Love it. I love this from Jay. Uh, after they're all stomped out, they kiss while sitting on the edge of the bucket. So the front runners continue being front runners. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a very sweet moment later in the episode where Jay says, because you've put a lot of effort into being a mum, into your business, into your friends and family, I feel like you need someone to put some energy into you. That's really lovely. Yeah. And Sally starts tearing up and I'm like, this is like the nicest. Yeah. I feel like we need a nice alert. Yeah. I need to make a sting for like, this is actually like legit, extremely nice. And I'm having a wonderful time. Yeah. Yeah. That, like loud right. sirens. Basically it would be the Bill theme song again. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and just to finish up this date, so we don't have to talk about it when it comes up later. Um, the last thing that happens is that Jay picks up an acoustic guitar, yeah. um, seemingly out of nowhere and starts playing some chords for her. This look, this is a common pitfall. This is something that, well, I mean, we, we like. We like because we don't like it. Right. But I think it is, it is like one of the more cringe things that you can do. Yeah. However, I, he avoids the worst of it. I think, in my opinion, anyway, I'm curious. We don't hear to, him sing. He doesn't sing, right? And he, he plays, it's a curious interaction because I wonder if he had some lyrics up the back of his, you know, up, up his sleeve and he just opted not to do it. Yeah. Or was there a singing part that they cut out? I'm not sure. 
Uh, I feel like if you got him singing, you would probably want to use it. As a reality TV producer, you would absolutely keep that in. Yeah. Although, like, sometimes it is bad and sometimes it is kind of good, but a lot of the times it's kind of in the middle and that doesn't make for great TV. Well, so the only way that you can actually put it in is if it's an original song. That's a great point. Yeah. What it was hard to was tell. Like, it's like four Today chords. is gonna be the day. <laughs> he starts playing the Bill theme song. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, do, do you approve of this? Look, I approve of it in the sense that we didn't hear him sing, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Generally, I would say to almost anyone, don't. But what does the move look like if you don't sing, is my question. Like, obviously, it, it's... Oh, it's boring. I it's think less it's boring. jarring to a reality TV audience, but I feel like if you were on a date and you whipped out an acoustic guitar out of nowhere and that you, you like, clearly brought for the gas. express purpose... But yeah, but you don't even do classical gas. You play, like, four nice-ish but very basic chords... A couple of times. I, I don't know. There's like, nothing specifically wrong with it in my eyes. about it. But it's just kind of like, why? Well, what? It feels purposeless yeah. at that point, right? Yeah. You're either singing to convey romance mm. or you're singing to, or you're playing guitar to show off. Mm. This is kind of in the middle. Sort of neither. Yeah. yeah. Or it's, I mean, may, I don't know. Maybe it's like a, a def- not a defense mechanism, like a comfort thing for him. Like in the oh, in the sense that like this is my emotional support guitar. Yeah. Well, like you know, it's it can be as as a performer, as someone who has performed music before. Uh-huh. I have found that like I I have sung, I have played guitar, and I have sung and played guitar. Both of those, you know, all of those yeah. variations. And I feel like getting on stage and singing. This is obviously slightly different. But sure, sure. Getting on stage and singing can be quite um quite a challenge. It feels way more like stage Friday or whatever. Interesting. Than going up there and being able to be behind an instrument. Oh. It's kind of like the difference between like music and like stand up comedy, right? It's like everybody is paying attention to everything you're doing, but if there's a musical instrument there, then you have a sort of security there's a blanket. Fallback. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. So I wonder if maybe he was like, oh, I don't know what I should say next. Fuck. You know, like what's the mental ar- arithmetic that he's doing there? Or was it always planned to be part of it? That's know. smart. Mm. That is really, really clever if that's uh, his fallback mm. gag. Mm. Okay. Hard to say. We would love to speak to these people, I guess. Yeah. Look, uh, Jay, if you know, if you're hearing us, mm. hello. Thank you for not we singing. We can't. I don't want to do the podcast just talking directly to the people who are on the show, though. Jay. <laughs> if you're out there. if you Thank you for not singing. Hello, is this thing on? Event coordinator Katie and newly minted bisexual Chris. I don't know if that's fair to say. Uh, it's TV. Newly He's newly minted, TV minted to us. Yeah. Um, uh, should I rephrase that? No. I'm a somewhat newly minted bisexual. Okay. I'm allowed to say it. Yeah. Uh, Chris and Katie stroll through the Palais Longchamp, which I am confidently pronouncing in a way. Mm. Is it the right way? Who could say? I, it's the name of the pirate. Who? Long <laughs> Black bow. <laughs> That's what inspired Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do a pirate-themed cover of Blackbird? Yeah, we for the definitely. Podcast? Yeah, yeah. Blackbeard singing in the dead <laughs> boat. We'll work on it. Um, they bump into a French man, and like, just picture a French man, listener. Yeah. If you if you didn't see this episode. 
It's that's the man that we're talking about. Stripey if you shirt, picture this French man, mustache, beret, all black and white clothes, little French hat, red yep. scarf, the whole fucking nine mm. yards. And he says to them, and I'm going to try and do a French accent here. Mm. I'm being so brave this episode. Uh, you're doing a really good job. I'm being such a big boy, and I'm yeah. being so brave. Yeah. Um, he says, "Would you like me to?" <laughs> it's Borat. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to be Borat. <laughs> Would you like me to make a funny picture? Is a great phrase. It's a really good yeah, yeah, yeah. This man is, of course, Claude Monet, the great impressionist painter, oh. who uses his refined skills and brushwork mm. to render the fleeting quality of light and illustrate the perception of nature, evoking the moods and feelings experienced by the artist, not just the reality of the scene. Yeah, and the song's about him as well. Which one's that again? Money, 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 money. <laughs> money. Must be funny. <laughs> uh, no, he is a caricature artist, uh, and he, he seems to specifically focus on both Chris's hairy chest mm. and also Katie's not very hairy chest. It really seems like to be a caricature artist, your job is to amplify the worst parts of people. Right. But I think he's been pretty gentle here. I think so too. Um, when he is sketching out Katie's boobs, Chris chuckles and says, oh, yeah, he's drawing my favorite part, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Chris. <laughs> I just love that this man is saying this, you know, like, feel free to not... think it. Yeah. It's just a bit funny. It's yeah, you're right. It's very Fred, Fred Flintstone, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Uh, and Katie who can't see the portrait says, I can't wait for you to tell me what it is. Oh, Katie. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't wait either. Cause it does happen, but we'll get to that. Chelsea and Dalton arrive at their tarot session. Cholton. Cholton. And Chelsea elects to go first. They're, they're breaking off into pairs. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, so she draws the emperor and the empress, which the tarot woman explains by saying, there's an ideal for a need of completion, someone that you can essentially govern your kingdom with. That emperor is waiting for you. Now, I'm not a tarot expert, no. and I know that people feel strongly about tarot, and I don't feel especially strongly one way or the other. I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, this feels fake, though, right? This feels like uh, dialogue from a JRPG. Yeah, it does, kind of. And it's just like, that can't be what those mean, right? No. I think these mean other things. Yeah, no. It's like... When someone pulls death and then they go, oh, no, I'm going to die. And then they always have to go, no, death means change. Death is great. Yeah, yeah death yeah. is good or whatever. But in this case, they've read it pretty literally it's as far literal as I can tell. It's a tarot reading. Yeah. Or at least like they have picked out cards from the deck, put them on top so that she can then go, oh, an emperor and an emperor. You know, like it's yes. very, yes. it's all very convenient. It means there are penguins in your future. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I hope so. Yeah. Do you reckon the boat's going to go all the way up there? Oh, that would be really nice, wouldn't it? That would it? be great. Phillip Island, fuck. Mm -hmm. um, this does cue up Chelsea to say in voiceover that she hopes that Dalton is here for the right reasons. Now, I know we talk about that as a bachelor phrase, but I love that it has truly just become this ubiquitous... It's transcended. It, yeah, it's just part of the lexicon of reality TV now. And it's not clear on this show what the quote-unquote right reasons are. Absolutely not. I think we've talked about, we've kind of settled on a, a pretty, like, concrete definition of what the right reasons are in Bachelor. Within the Bachelor prism, And yes. it's like, you have to be there to find love above all. Yes. And you have to detest the idea 
that your profile will raise in any way. There's there's going to be no um, profit or gain or whatever. Subsidiary gain from you being on this show. It's all about falling in love. That's and right. it's about having absolute fucking tunnel vision for that. Exactly. Yes. Whereas here, I guess that's part of it. But also, like, I don't see the looming threat of Instagram popularity being baked into the crust of this show as much right. as it is on Batchy. Yes. Um, and that's partly because there's no expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, I mean, I say there's no expectations, but, like, we live in a world where going on TV means you will get followers. Sure. Becoming a likable character on a reality TV show, even more so. But it doesn't feel like... It's part of this thing we're talking about where the focus of this show is just different. Yeah, like, and also the creator economy has changed in such substantial ways over the last five, six years that the stakes are lower. That's true. And in fact, that's something that The Bachelor has not really reckoned with at this right, point. exactly. Because the people from The Bachelor and Bachelorette are not getting followed the way that they were before. Exactly. And part of that is down to the ratings of The Bachelor and Bachelorette not being what they were. But yeah. part of it is also, like, there is a, there is a, a limit to this. A you shifting know? audience expectation and a shifting audience desire to consume content in a different way. And there are only so many of these people that you can make space for in your media diet. 100%. You want those people to be relatable and ultimately having a network control your Instagram account for the entire time that you are relevant is not very beneficial to you as a, let's say, personal brand, personal market or whatever. Mm. Having any amount of like authenticity over how you might continue your instagram career i'm using right. space quotes yeah yeah um dalton is up next he itms that he's not into this fuddy-duddy spiritual nonsense i mean Love. basically i'm sort of paraphrasing uh but he's willing to go along with it because uh chelsea's into it you know what a what a hero this man is it's great um the tarot reader pulls the fool followed by death and dalton kind of blankly goes like yeah right <laughs> He, I wrote this down in my notes as yeah right as in him being like oh yeah right but really what he does is like oh okay yeah, yeah. okay well, oh yeah d- death and fool yeah all right I wonder who's that's about yikes yeah. um, the reader says it's about transformation and the mastery of desire we do speak of sexual desire as well which I couldn't really work out what she meant and Dalton goes yeah that's definitely me oh good lord <laughs> this is a funny segment this is really funny yeah. I think this show is funnier than we are giving it credit for. You're absolutely right in that, like, Dalton in particular. Is Dalton has weird. emerged as, uh, and particularly over the course of these episodes, as just, like, the, the biggest kind of character. Yeah, he's a huge this... character, but he's incredible, unrealizing, or unwitting comic relief. Yes, and I think he um, is bad. Yeah. And um, the show wants you to believe that. Yeah. The show is happy for you to believe that, and uh, and we gets a lot of energy out of it absolutely back on the ship moana takes patty aside for a conversation um when we last left these two moana had announced that she was keen to get to know dalton because apparently patty had said that he wasn't interested in her anymore except it turns out that that never happened and these two need to have a chat okay um so briefly before we even get into what happens here patty is wearing a hairband like a headband yeah and he is giving off the most early 2000s baby lesbian Bennett like Beckham vibes. Oh, absolutely. He, yes. like, my group chat, which as I mentioned is three people. Yes. We're all, in the, all queer folks. We're all just like losing our minds about this. Yes. It's a great, it's a great headband. It's a great him. look. He yeah. looks immaculate. Uh, anyway, Moana can sense that Patty's vibe has changed since Dalton picked her the previous 
picking ceremony that I don't know what it's called. You know, if I was in a picking ceremony mm-hmm. with Dalton and mm-hmm. Dalton picked the person that I was interested in, yeah, maybe I'd have reason for pause also. Sure, yes. Um, but Patty insists that he hasn't lost interest in her. He clarifies that he didn't think that she had enjoyed the date. Oh. And if you remember this date, that you know there were it was plenty the date of things where she hated all the food. Right, she, there was plenty of things she didn't enjoy about yeah. it. Um, but his flame is still burning. Uh, and so he urges her to believe him, but she evidently just feels very shaken up by this process. And mm. she realizes she's been lied to by one of these men, whether it's Patty or whether it's Dalton. Yeah. Yep. And then somewhat abruptly, Patty, ID, I, Patty IDMs, Patty, Heidi, Party IDMs. Holy. What was that? Whose line is it anyway? Hoedown song? We're old. Patty ITMs that he feels like Moana is just always surrounded by drama. Oh. He tries to hug her at the end of this conversation and she says, well, I'm just not an affectionate person. Hugging is just not something that I just do. Get out of here. Uh, and we cut back to Patty's ITM where he says, I can't deal with people like that. Too high maintenance, too high strung. As far as I can see it, that's it. This I comes sort of out of nowhere. Yeah. In this, uh, so, what was <laughs> Say it again. Pardon? Too high maintenance, too high strong. The accent work on this episode is <laughs> not what I was expecting. It's really good. One. Yeah. Uh, so now, you know, th- this comes out of nowhere, but he's like, fuck you. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on. You know, I'm going to go see what the vibes are like with Sari and Tyler. I'm going to go see what vibes are like with Sari and Tyler. Sari? Patty, get out of here. Um, he even gets a hug from them. It feels to me like he really bungled this situation with Moana. Oh, you think? Yeah. I feel like he, he handled this poorly. I feel like um, it seemed to me pretty obvious that he was on the right side of things at the start. Yeah. And that Dalton had very clearly lied and made this whole thing up. Yeah. But instead of making that clear, he had turned this into sort of a whole other thing and become very frustrated. Maybe that's just my interpretation of it. I think that that's, I think both things can be true, right? Mm. Like, I think that Patty in his own mind was like, I'm trying to work out whether I like you or not. Mm-hmm. And separately, Moana's coming to him being like, did Dalton lie about this stuff? And he's like, yes, but it's almost not relevant. Yeah. Because I'm still trying to work out if we like each other because I don't know if we actually did have a great time. Sure. I, I think part of it is I'm I'm getting spaced out by how little time has actually... That's true. You know, everything feels bigger and faster and, and yeah. stuff on, on this boat. But you're right. Like, everyone is just trying to kind of work it out. Yeah. Much as they are in life. Yes. Um, yes, yeah, so maybe he bungled this situation with Moana, maybe not, um, but this presents a great opportunity to Sari and Tyler. Sari, her affection for Patty is already reasonably well established yes. at this point. He seems to be helping her come out of her shell and do backflips and cool shit like that. Yep. And Tyler, she's in a relationship with Josh, but it seems like their connection is pretty negligible at this point. She's kind of happy to jump on the opportunity. Um, meanwhile, Josh is considering making a move with Duff Queen Chelsea. Now, which camp are you in here for Patty? Do you want Patty to get with Moana? Do you want Patty to get with Sari? Do you want Patty to get with Tyler? 
Uh, Let's just call it Poana, Pari, and Pila. <laughs> Uh, I want the best for everybody. I don't know. I'm team Pyla. The problem for me is that at this exact moment, Patty's in my bad books. Oh, I see. So I don't like based on how I was interpreting that situation. I don't know who should be with him. Got you. But uh, if I'm reading it wrong, then um, probably sorry or Tyler because they fucking Instagram message us. <laughs> great. Perfect. Well, no further questions. Uh, I did tell you it was going to be biased. I don't know. Do you want to show your work for that, though? Uh, yeah. Look, I liked Patty in the first two episodes. Mm. Uh, Me too. Actually, the most the out of the men, I think. And I like Tyler, I think, the most out of the women. So I'd like for them to be together. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Uh, let's see what happens, I guess. Um, Chelsea ITM saying that her tarot date with Dalton has been a game changer because he's been so open and receptive with regards to his spiritual side. She tells him she's heard rumors about him being a little bit of a player, which he denies, saying, well, no, he's just been floating around a little bit, but now that she's here, she's got his full attention. Oh, hello. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, I love that she's like, he is so in touch with his spiritual side because he's been like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll sit through this. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I think, I think so. Um, look, I hope that is what it looks like for this man to be opening up. Right. You know, I yep. hope that for everyone. But... It didn't feel especially like that to me from what I saw. Chris and Katie unfurl their caricatures. They show them off to each other. The artists, as I said before, have been very gentle yes. with these, you know? They both look very nice. They aren't like, check out this dude's big freaky nose or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, Chris points to 2D Katie's boobs and says, oh, <laughs> He doesn't say that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> You're like, I missed that. Yeah. But he says, obviously, these are my favorite features right here, which she takes in stride. So I'm not telling either of these people that they're doing anything wrong. I just thought it was funny. It is funny. It um, is, and good on her for taking it in stride. Yes, of course. Um, and she asks if he's ever had his caricature done before, to which Chris says, yes, quote, but it's a very French thing to do. You know what else is a very French thing to do? Oh, no. And then, boom, he plants a kiss right on her. But here's my problem, Max. Okay. Did I see any tongue? No, I don't think so. Not even a millimeter. Nope. That does not qualify as a French kiss. But I was thinking. it was not raised in the French region of Champagne. <laughs> <laughs> but is every kiss that happens in France technically a French kiss? Um, well, let's think about that. Were they in any way... In France? Yes, we've established that. ...holding a baguette? <laughs> it could have been out of frame. Were there any snails? Were there accordions playing gently in the background? Yeah. was. Were they standing under the Arc de Triomphe? They could well have been. Yeah. Do you know what they call a French kiss in France? What? They call it a royale with cheese. Oh. We talked earlier tonight about oh, whether or not you have seen the movie Pulp Fiction, to which you said no. Yeah. And I still went ahead with that joke. I still don't know what it means. No, it's okay. There's somebody listening who liked it. All right. Very good. So these dates are over. 
And the dog dates are over. Uh, and it's time for what's described in narration as a, quote, pre-cast-off elimination cocktail mixer. Yikes. Now, I love any show that throws a huge amount of lingo at you yeah. just right off the bat. I do wonder if this has really been thought through. I think that this was unthought through jargon. I think almost like there are some words being tripped over by the, by the host or the announcer here or whatever. Oof. And they're just like, okay, we're just going to have to deal with that. We just like call it a call it a boat party, right? I don't think this is what it's called in the American version no, either. There's so no way. There's no consistency there. No, but I love it because we know this show's probably going to come back for a second season. So, like, are they just going to have to stick with that? Right, exactly. We've called it this. This is what the law has established. Right. We went back and we watched the first U.S. season of The Bachelor, right? Yeah. In which they called things, and and in a way that. Would it would be bizarre to uh, virgin ears, you know, to somebody yeah. who has never heard this before? They were like, uh, "Okay, and this is the rose ceremony," and everyone's right. like, "Huh? What? <laughs> like, right? Exactly? Right? What the but fuck it does that just mean?" Has become part of of rote, right? For us, but also the phrase "rose ceremony." Now is so much easier on the ear than oh, <laughs> pre-cast off elimination cocktail mixer. No. Just like what it you... sounds like an Amazon product description what for you... something that you would use to make a Manhattan Inn. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yes, pre pre cast office. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want when I'm thinking about my my uh, daiquiris or whatever. Yes, of um, course. The what do you call the part of the deck where you do the drinking? Uh, the the bit, the main, the drink bit. Yeah, the what do you call? What about a drink deck mixer? Yep, would have been fine. Great. Anything shorter would have would have helped. Yeah. Um, but I have, of course, like underlined it in my text here <laughs> so that I will know to come back to it next week when the same when thing they call happens. It something different. Yes. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's boys choice tonight. So this is the women's last chance to beg for their lives before one of them is thrown overboard. Um, and there is a really nice and really supportive girl chat. This is maybe the first thing that I really spotted as like a girl chat. Yeah. Um, where the women... They're just sharing the stories of their dates. This is a thing we see on all these dating shows of like what happened, but they're like really authentically happy for each other. They're excited. Um, and it's nice. Somebody, they don't care about the other men. Right. And somebody came and brought them cocktails at some point and they're yep. all just like, hey, you know, it's like, this is just like a fresh yeah. breath of fresh air. I want to sound the nice alarm again. Um, and then meanwhile, uh, while Josh, oh, Josh mentions that he might end up picking Chelsea, we see ITMs from Dalton saying that if Chelsea's off the table, he might just pack his bags and leave. Oh. So there's some real negativity from the male side of the uh, the boat. Moana tells the women that she still needs to figure out where she stands with Patty and Dalton. And then Naomi seems to be really fed up with Moana just talking about this stuff instead of doing it. Um, and then Sari seems to be experiencing much the same feeling. This situation with Moana just seems to be, like, snowballing and really impacting the other women. It's a very, like, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha kind of syndrome. I think you're right, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if we've seen all of it, because to be as exhausted as these people are, yeah. there must be more stuff that we're not seeing. But she has, like, um, been the focal point of a lot of the show, I guess, so far. This is true. Like, a lot of people fighting like, over her. Yeah, like, she is the uh, person who has the little food bag and all of the boys are kangaroos <laughs> eating out of her hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever seen the... Have I ever seen the video of me... Um, in Japan, there's this there's this um, uh, city that's sort of overrun, well, sort of naturally um, overrun by deer. Yeah, and you can go there and you can visit the the like they're just walking all around the streets and stuff. But oh, there's yeah. a huge park 
where you can walk through and you can meet like hundreds of these deer and you can, there are little biscuits that you feed them that no, you pay like a hundred yen for them or whatever. Right. It's an incredible experience of my life. But there's a video of me being chased by them because <laughs> like, they can tell, because obviously this is a big tourist destination yeah. and all that happens all day is that these deer get fed things, right? right? So they see somebody standing there, they've clearly got one of these little biscuit things. They're like, okay, I've, this is, I'll I've found my mark. Yeah. And so it's me like delicately walking backwards away from this deer that keeps walking straight towards me <laughs> eyeing me down or whatever and i'm like uh, no uh, yeah. no that's um, so funny similar feeling um i do feel like this is i mean like i and i don't i don't know to what degree obviously they're going through a lot right now it's yeah. very exhausting there's like direct sunlight at all the hours of the day oh my god yeah. and like constantly everybody is told to talk about everything that's happening plus the pressure of what's legal and what's not in international waters <laughs> it's true yeah because you, you know? would think everything's on the table but yeah. uh, unfortunately it is a bit more complicated than that as uh hannah found out when she was caught smuggling uh what was it percocet no. percocet uh, <laughs> valium yes we shouldn't make up what drugs somebody was no no hypothetically smuggling hey, we saw a little bit of hannah and uh the other fella they were around yep yep good on them <laughs> <laughs> irrelevant get that imdb credit baby um i do feel like on some level this is kind of just how reality tv works yeah right like it's just like yes you're gonna hear the same people saying the same shit over and over again a little bit like they want you to become beloved characters you know what i mean like wells Mm. became a beloved character in bachelor in paradise in the u.s oh sure yeah you know what i mean like they want you to be like oh yes the friendly crew who are roaming the boat and being yeah. cupids and causing nonsense. I don't think that's happened. No, they haven't quite locked into that groove. I think no. maybe Duty a little bit more than Hannah. Hannah has some good moments in these episodes. I yeah. think I've spotlighted them in my recap. But, Excellent. Um, yes. And, and any excuse for more of them is good, I think. Yeah. Um, so finally, Moana pulls Dalton for a chat, explains to him that she was surprised to hear that Patty wasn't interested in her. So she asked Patty and he was surprised to hear that as well. Huh. Dalton very laconically says, oh, well, I was literally just telling the truth. <laughs> so what's he telling you? That he loves you? I'm telling the truth. Like, honestly, I don't start drama. This is classic uh, toxic man trope. Mm. Okay. And let me share it with you now. Once you lie, that's the truth. Yeah. That's the new truth. Yeah. Yeah. And that everything else must then be a lie. Yes. Yes. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a very basic sort of functional reality villain, um, trope. Yeah. Uh, and it works, you know? Hey, I think it's a, you get frustrated uh, at the of, guy. Lots of young men trope. Sure. Absolutely. I think you're right. It extends far beyond, um, just the reaches of, uh, the silver screen. <laughs> They bring Patty over, who maintains that, yeah, he never fucking said that. Uh, and and uh, for another thing, he doesn't appreciate that she and Dalton were talking about him at all. Yeah. And Moana says, well, she didn't feel like she could approach Dalton. Uh, and now suddenly Patty starts getting really defensive, saying, I can't believe you. I wanted to spend the day getting to know Sari as well. This isn't all about you. I know you wanted to be with Dalton. Moana just kind of says, like, you're being so rude. And it's starting to get very heated here. Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, I don't like Patty. Interesting, but I feel like you, you, I want to hear from you because you, you're you're on his side a little bit more. I am more on his side. I'm just on his side in the sense that I think that the show has painted Moana as uh, someone who has been duped by Dalton, mm. 
And as someone who is then acting as if what Dalton has said is the truth. Mm. And in a certain sense, like I'm, I feel an amount of empathy for Patty mm-hmm. because he's being painted in a light that is not correct. Yeah. Uh, to like what the truth is as it has been presented at least to us as the viewer. Yeah. And so stick up for yourself. Yeah. I can understand that. I get that. The way yeah. that he does so is over the top. Yeah. But I don't think that it is beyond the pale. Yeah. So that's, that's where I draw my line. I think that Patty has been cast in a really weird light by mm. this situation, by another man who is the clear villain. Mm. And he's responding emotionally right. in a way that I think that like is, is reasonably emotional. Yeah. As per the conditions of you're on a boat in the middle of the ocean yeah, yeah, and yeah. you've been sunburnt since the first day and you are also drunk. Yeah. I think I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. Mm. Um, Patty does what he probably should have done a little while ago and decides to leave the conversation, but he really draws a line under it. He says, I, I just want to leave it at that. And that should be how it ends. And he sort of, he sort of storms off. Yeah. Um, he ITMs that he felt like Moana wanted to believe Dalton and he never really had a chance. Um, yeah, I I think that's true. Yeah, I do think that's true. I do feel like Dalton, like, I don't know. It wouldn't have... T- I feel like I could have untangled that situation a little oh, yeah. better. Maybe... Well, it's very easy to say that, isn't it? But just being like, what Dalton has done has lied. Yeah. Because he's on a fucking reality TV show. Yeah. And sometimes people... Like, my headcanon is that Dalton was sent in as a chaos agent. Oh, you definitely. Know? Like, yeah. And so in that sense, I'm like, if you can make that clear to Moana, then things between you and Moana don't have to go as badly as they're going. But here's the thing. I think Moana has also been sent in as a chaos agent. Oh, that's interesting. I think that this well, is I mean, two, two chaos is put together. A little bit. Like Moana had slept with Dan. Yeah, that's Before true. the show started. Isn't it she's insane? Come in and she's got all these different boys on her plate um, mm. because she's beautiful. And there is something about her that is like beguiling. Yes. As she's well. charismatic and she's yeah, all these things. But I think that that might make her... Uh, easily, easy to be presented as flighty. Mm. Um, and I think that the way that the show plays this off is to have the one chaos agent in Dalton uh, creating chaos for the other chaos agent in, in Moana, yeah. which is then igniting mm. party. Can I just say, I'm really looking forward to this upcoming season of bug Island. <laughs> it's love Island, but with bugs. That would be good. Sophie Moth. (laughs) Patty goes back to the other man and says, I hate that kind of confrontation. And I think she loves it, which is kind of fucked up. Um, And with like sort of somewhat cruel sarcasm, he jokes like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to pick her again tonight. Yeah. I'm going to give her a third chance or whatever. Yeah. That to me has an element of misogyny to it. I think that's probably true. But it's. I think he's just very bitter about what's happened. I also think that's true. Yeah. Um, and then there is another very well-deployed bit of handheld camera, um, which shows Moana tearing up in her room, gesturing with a slice of pizza in her hand. It's great. Um, saying that there's a real chance that she could be going home. And so it is time again for... Oh, no, time for the first cast-off elimination ceremony. Yikes. Not Rose ceremony, because that's taken. I get that. Cast off elimination ceremony. Plank walking. Which again is not what it's called in the US one. No. 
I don't I don't get it. I love it. Let me be very clear. Oh yeah, it's really good. It's just if anything, I want it twice as long. In the way, yeah, no, you're right. If it's gonna be unwieldy, at least make it like two paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, they're in the middle of the deck where a bunch of random passengers are just fucking milling about in the background. Um, before the elimination proceedings can get properly underway, host Darren McMullen, who I have not talked about yet on this episode. By the way, let's check in. How are you feeling about Darren McMullen? He's absolutely fine. Yeah, I think he's doing well. I think yep. he's doing just as good as Osher Ginsburg does yep. on this, on, in this day and age. I think there was a time when Osher Ginsburg was really at his peak. He was firing. And I think now he's maybe doing a few too many shows, maybe just... Oh, know. look, I think Osha's true energy is uh, for the masked singer. Mm. You know, mm. like that to me now where is where Osha is shining. Or it's 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 that or it's like his podcast. Like it's like totally. his, total, his own total thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like the media property that is The and... Bachelor Australia yeah. is not necessarily the vessel for him anymore because it doesn't need to be. Right. There was probably a, 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 a branching path. You know, oh, a fork in the like road. You're rediscovering where he could have... yourself as Osher. You're reintroducing yourself to the world. Yeah, no, Fuck but I yeah. mean, I mean, like even you know, during the time that we have been covering The Bachelor, yeah, there was probably a point at which he could have become a much bigger part of it, and you know, gotten an executive producer role or sure. something like Chris Harrison had, yeah, and you know, played more of a role in how it goes or whatever. Uh-huh. And I think he's been like, mm. well, I don't think he was offered that necessarily, but I think sure. you know. But, um, like, he could have if he pushed for it, I think, in the same way that, like, TJ Levine, who, or Lavin, who hosts the US Challenge, has been the host for 20-something seasons, mm. is not an executive producer, does not have a say in casting. Mm. Every so often he'll say when someone gets eliminated from a challenge, I'm sure we'll see you again soon, doesn't hold any weight, but yeah. people think that it does. Yeah. He's not part of casting. Yeah. This is the thing, right, where he's just, like, happy to be the host, and then he rides dirt bikes, and that's enough. <laughs> yeah. Which like great, you know, yeah. like do and especially in the Australian TV landscape, we're getting we're getting off topic. Darren McMullen asks Sari if she has anything to say, and she offers this: "I've only just started to enjoy my time here and started feeling like myself now. I don't want to step on any toes, but I have kind of been an emotional support person for Moana. I'm really sorry, but I haven't been thinking about myself at all." And Moana says this is a massive curveball. She's like blown away by this. She starts tearing up in the middle of the deck in front of everybody. And in front of, I can't stress this enough, just a bunch of random people. Uh, What did you think about this? This is so funny, to be honest with you. I think that the more that I'm watching Moana, Hmm. the more that I think that there is a solipsism here. You know, like, talk to me about that. She is the only thing that exists in her world in mm. a certain way. You know, she's like, she is unable to empathize with the fact that Sari might have been like, look, I've been caught up in this drama over here. Mm. And look, I'm really only just sort of starting to discover myself now. Yeah. And the only way that Moana is capable of perceiving that as it appears on the show is as a slight. Yeah. That for me is like, I, I'm starting to feel like all she sees is is her own world. Mm. Mm. I think it's also a bit funny that, sorry, like this is what, because I bet she is feeling this, but I, 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 it's, it's funny to bring this up at oh, the, at the elimination. Thing, yeah. Let's talk know? about that because like, it's been three days you've been on this boat. Mm. Come on. And just like, it's not going to change right now. No. You know, and no, in no, fact, no, no, the no. only thing that's going to change right now is not going to be in your favor, you know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
So the obvious couples go first. Dan picks Naomi, Jay picks Sally, and Chris picks Katie. Uh, then Patty picks Tyler, with whom he has spent very little time, but she is pointedly not Moana. Um, and she is also not Sari, who had really been glomming onto him. You know, we yeah. talked about this before. Like she was if any interested was... in anybody it was him yeah and they had spent a little bit of time together um tyler says patty was definitely in her top three <laughs> which is quite funny so funny <laughs> it's like oh yeah you know yeah it's around the top <laughs> and and he says uh top one which to me is not funny <laughs> no <laughs> like no uh this is not sorry what uh, she didn't say call top rapport one. no uh, Patty, yeah, I mean, you know, he's, uh, he's in my bad books a little bit, so maybe I didn't find that as funny as it could have been to somebody else. I don't else, think but... it was funny full stop, and he's in better books than, uh, with me than he is with you. Yeah. Anyway, out of nowhere, Josh picks Chelsea, who he has never spoken to. Love. Uh, but he's hoping that they can connect on the doof level. Great. You know, they can feel the same bass vibrations, keeping yep. them awake at 2am. Yep, they listen to the same infected mushroom CD. That's right. They, uh... No, I'm still not feeling comfortable talking the about same it. Skits mix. Yeah, yeah. I thought about okay. Can we talk about skits mix? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love that skits mix made me excited to talk about something? <laughs> I thought it would be a pretty good podcast to do one skits mix every episode oh. and talk about everything that's on the skits mix. Great, because there's like seventy of them now yeah. or something. Yeah, it's and there's absurd. like he did like a metal one, didn't he? He did like yeah. a pop one. Like Nick skits is is skits. <laughs> yeah, and I think by the end. Much like, uh, you know, Connor Ratliff getting Tom Hanks on Dead Eyes. Yes. You would get skits on the pod. Oh, I think that would be incredibly easy. Yeah. In fact, you could probably do it on the first episode yeah. if you really wanted to. I think we could draw it out, though. Are they still making skits mix? I genuinely, I don't know, but I'd be really interested to find out. You know out. what we should do? What's that? Each episode, we get on a different member of the cast of Skit House. Oh, <laughs> Oh, I like this. Oh, this is another one of those podcast episodes that turned into a discussion slash meeting. His career in dance music. <laughs> okay. Who am I? <laughs> Are you Nick Skits? Born, yes, in 1968 in Sydney of Greek descent. I am an Australian DJ and dance music producer. Since 1965, my skits mix series of compilations... 1965? No, before he was born? three years before he was born. <laughs> that is three years before he was born. 1995. Okay, so skits mix number one came out in 1996. I cannot stress enough, dear listener, if you have a device near you, if you have a phone, if you have a computer, go on the Wikipedia page for Nick Skits and look at the picture that they have of Nick Skits. It's so funny. This is simply the worst photo I've ever seen of anyone. It's just like... Without question. the choice of this being your press picture or literally anything else... Does he know about this? I don't know. We're going to have to This is horrific. Okay, so, so Skits Mix 1 came out in 1996 and Skits Mix 2 came out in 1998. But before that... There was well, he did he did the X Files theme remix, right? Was the that him? X Files theme three? big remix of the X Files theme. It like charted. It was like, dun. <laughs> oh. well, I mean that's how the X Files theme goes. I yeah, I don't know. I think I, I had this CD single ABC News remix. Yes, different no, thing. Yeah, different thing. Okay, um, okay. Skits in the house was what he released <laughs> in 1996 between Skits Mix One and Skits Mix Two. Great. Feels like a, an anomaly in his catalog, given that everything else is a Skits Mix. 
that runs in the <laughs> all the way up to Skits Mix 47 in 2014 and in 2020 Skits Mix 58. So he took the he took the pandy off. He does. Maybe. Yeah, it does seem like. No, this was December 2020. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, great. And in, well, fact, in fact, Christmas Eve. Great. The gift that keeps on giving. A little stocking stuff yeah, for the next skits. You know what? Head out on the day before Christmas and get yourself some skits. Have any of these charted in the last decade? No. Okay, so in 2013, um, his album Pump It 8 Platinum DJs came in at number 45 on the uh, Aria Dance albums. Um, skits Mix 45 in 2013 came in at number 12 on the Aria Dance charts. Um, but before that, what have we got? Skits Mix 43, also in 2013, number five overall on the Aria charts. And Skits Mix 42, CD and DVD, these are my areas, number mm-hmm. two on the Aria charts. There is only one Skits Mix CD which has its own Wikipedia page, and that is, of course, Skits Metal. Oh, This is when God. he branched out and he got such... Famous metal album. Wait, put your phone down. Put your phone down. Don't look at this. Not looking at it. All right. Okay. Can I list to you some of the metal artists that feature on Skits Metal, released on Central Station Records in 2006? 2006. Okay. Yes, you can. Or would you like to guess guess? any? Yeah, of course. Please. Absolutely. This is a new segment we're calling... (laughs) Is it... Wait. Skit... Skizit... It has to be boat themed as well. Fuck. Uh, 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 King Skizzard and the Skiz Skizzard. <laughs> that is fine. Like, that we we'll, may have to do. Yes. Uh, am I King Skizzard or not? Who knows? Okay, so uh, Dragon Force is my first guess. Dragon Force is not one of the artists on this musical album. 2006, I'm going to say Death Clock. Death Clock are not involved in this particular <sighs> release. Bullet for My Valentine. Bullet for My Valentine are not involved. Fuck me. I think one of the places that you're going wrong is that you're listing artists that could be described as metal. (laughs) 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 Can I perhaps offer to you generously... Okay, this is the metalist one, as far as I am aware. I don't know all of these artists, but I know almost all of them. Okay. The metalist one, Iron Maiden. Okay, that's That's like a metal band. That's a genuine metal band. But that's as metal as it gets. So if you want to go, like... Take scoop off the cream from above that of your list of metal bands. Oh, then we're going with Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath are not involved. Fuck. Um, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin not involved. Think oh. uh, less metal. Wolf Mother. Wolf Mother not involved. I mean, we, this is going to take a while. Okay. All right. I need your help. Okay. We've got a band called Nickelback. Oh, <laughs> uh, I should have gone here. Creed is maybe on there. Uh, let me check. Creed are not involved. Oh, God damn it. But okay. there's more in that ballpark. It's more in that Roadrunner kind of kind of vein. Uh, yeah, kind of. 36 yeah. Crazy Fist. Slipknot. Um, no, no. Uh, Pantera. No, these are all two metal. Two metal. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I've, I've gone two metal for the whole thing. Please tell me more. Okay, um, how about... Um, you remember the Michael Jackson song Smooth Criminal, right? Oh, is it Alien Ant Farm? Alien Ant Farm's Sick. version of Smooth Criminal is on here, yeah. Um, okay, I'll just list some more. We've got Kiss... Quiet Riot. Uh, kiss. Uh, okay, all right. We're talking hair metal, aren't we? Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah. We've got uh, Twisted Sister, Three Doors Down. Wow. Screaming Jets, Van Halen, Scorpions, Europe, Poison, Beastie Boys. Oh, on the metal. And the Creme de la Creme. Oh. Shannon Noll. A little song called 
Ice Ice Baby oh, by Vanilla so Ice. That's good. <laughs> that's incredible. That I love. We might have to buy it. Let, let, that'll be a Patreon episode. I think that's a great thing for us. Okay, great. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, and sorry to everyone who was waiting to see who went home on this episode. Sorry. We <laughs> We're not going to say it. No. Skits Mix uh, 47. That's right. Um, yes. Josh pick Chelsea and, and Dalton says, enjoy your time with her, Josh. Cause I'll be grabbing her back from you shortly. Horrifying. Yuck. Scarier than anything on the skits metal album. Possessive even. Mm. So Dalton decides that he is going to couple up with Moana. Um, even after everything leaving Sari with nobody. Um, Sari is unhappy. Dalton says, you've literally got one of the nicest smiles I've ever seen. To which she says, oh, well, you should have picked me then. <laughs> Great. Love Bang. this. Iconic. Mm. Um, yeah, I think Sari seems cool as hell. I think it's a bummer that this show um, felt the need to have like a villain character. Yeah. Like, I get it, obviously. He we talked about this last drama. week. Yes. And there needs to be something happening on the show. Uh-huh. Um, but when somebody like Sari goes home, you're just like, oh, fuck. Ah, come awesome. on, man. Yeah. Um, and Sari had plenty to offer is the other part of that, right? Like, there was lots of entertainment value that she brought yeah. to the show that was not tied up in the idea of a villain arc. Yes, exactly. And I think, like, there was plenty for her to give to the show. Not just the fact that I think that she's cool, but also like she had a storyline that I was interested in seeing develop of her, like coming out of her shell and 100%. that kind of thing. And yeah, that yeah. was not part of the way the show ended up going. I have no doubt that they cast Dalton because he sucks. Yeah. Um, normally I don't like being that blunt about things that happen on TV when they're real people and stuff, yeah. but I'm like, I don't think he has made a single defensible action or choice. Yeah. Like at the, the most generous that I can be is they cast Dalton because it is very easy to present him in a way in which you would believe yeah. that he sucks. Yes. Um, yeah, I totally agree. And, and, and to um, manipulate him into the sorts of actions that sure. he's taken, you know? Um, but yeah, it does. It, to me, this feels like a misfire. Uh, not, I mean, like obviously they got to do what they got to do. they got to do it. But, but when I am talking about the idealistic version of what this show could be and what it felt like maybe it was going to be for the first couple of episodes. The nice boat? Yeah. Yeah. Nice, yeah. This is just one step outside of that yeah. where it's like, okay, well, you're doing this too. Going a bit nasty boat. Right. Yeah. Speaking of the nasty boat, let's talk about season one, episode four of The Real Nasty Here Boat. Here we go. Which aired on the 13th of October. I don't know why I have to say that every time. It's worth nothing it's, to it's anyone. Contextual. As we begin this episode, the love boat is arriving in Genoa, the fifth largest city in Italy. Genoa. (laughs) (laughs) I hardly know. (laughs) I wrote so many fucking notes for this episode and that is nowhere in it. I did not think of that at all. One of the funniest jokes I've ever heard in my life. Really good. Give that man the (laughs) $5,000. Fuck, do you know what I was thinking about this week? What's that? A couple of iconic Australian uh, television moments from the early 2000s. Please, hit me. Okay. Do you remember when Red Simons lost all of that money for the Red Cross on uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in, like, 2000? No, I don't. Okay, so it was the celebrity edition of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah. And Red Simons was the first person in Australia to make it all the way to the $500,000 question. Right, yeah. And he had his 50-50 still to play. Oh, my God. He could have knocked it out. Yeah. Okay? And instead, he's like, 
I don't know what the answer is for the $500,000 question, but he has the $32,000 fallback, which is still, it's a lovely amount to donate to charity. It's just not $500,000. Yeah, there's quite a big difference. Particularly in 2000. (sighs) Yeah. Right? I mean, that's... That's nuts. Do you remember what the question was? Okay. No, I don't remember what the question was, but he refused to use his 50-50 because he wanted to save it for the million dollar question and obviously got it wrong. Red, you moron. Then Eddie Maguire who obviously we love. Yeah, a great man who never did anything wrong. Right. Answered, or uh, rather, Eddie Maguire asked Red Simons the million-dollar question just for shits and gigs. Uh-huh. And he was like, here are your four options. And Red was like, I don't need it. <laughs> and did you get it right? And he got it right. Oh, Red. Yeah. That's amazing. It's fucked. The other iconic Australian TV moment from about that time period that I was thinking about today was when Shannon Knoll was forced to admit that he had once smoked weed on the Get to Know the Contestants <laughs> special on a Monday or Tuesday night of Australian Idol in 2003. Yeah. They were like, Shannon, you know, you had a rough rough time growing up in Condobolin. Did you ever use any, any illicit substances? And he was like, yeah. Look, I will say I'm not proud of it, but I did at some point in my life smoke marijuana. And we had to take a big somber <sighs> wow. moment as like Osher and... James Matheson, who, look, I'm not projecting about who was coked out of their eyeballs at this time, but uh, had to really take this seriously. There was some, yeah, there were, the Australian cultural conversation at that point was like, good Lord. Right, know? right. The cultural conversation. And then I feel like the party afterwards was like, you want some? Yeah. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I did once before I moved on to other drugs. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Let me back in the fucking crazy horse. Yes. And by the way. Allegedly. I don't know anything. Oh, yeah. No, me neither. Uh, I hardly know her. If you look up Genoa... <laughs> oh, I forgot about it. It's back. It's good. If you look up Genoa on a map, it is like <laughs> it's like right at the very top of the boot. I'm not going to say it's definitely the private parts. Yep. But okay. like if anywhere is... The gonads of the country. Right. If yeah. anywhere is Italy's... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Know. Well, look, what, what do we share? A gooch. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Although it's like front. Okay. Um, it's a like a sensitive zone. Yeah. Okay. Erogenous zone. Yeah. It's Italy's pubes. Oh, great. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. The pubes of Italy. Genoa. Well, <laughs> I got to say. We, we were so <laughs> filthy on the podcast last week that I thought I could get away with saying that. And now hearing it come out of my voice, out of my mouth, I feel so uncomfortable. Oh, that's great. That's why stuff. am I like this? Ah, look, why are we, why is anyone There's no like that? There's children listening to this podcast. <laughs> like, uh, in his introduction, Darren McMullen refers to the love boat as, quote, the most iconic ship in television history, which means he is ignoring... Mulder and Scully, Jim and Pam, Ross and Rachel, oh, Carrie and Big, Sam and Diane, Luke and Lorelai, Buffy and Spike, Kermit and Miss Piggy. That's just the straight ones. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We haven't even gotten to, you know, Elmo and... But Nanny, at least. Mr. Who? The clown guy? No. From who, Elmo's world? Who did Elmo... Blanket. No, Elmo's loves his spaceship and his sunk crayon too. Yeah. He had a fish. He had a fish. It was uh, a weird clown man. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's a mild clown man. <laughs> anyway. Your ship is not Elmo and the weird clown man. <laughs> Elmo is like, I'm sure there's no canonical age for Elmo, but he is truly like an I infant Elmo child. Was eight. Yeah. He's like a young lad. 
he's like the reason Elmo exists is so that younger audiences could have somebody to um, root for and Sesame Street. Yeah, okay, this is fair <laughs> enough because Big Bird is clearly like forty. Elmo's right. three years old. Okay, that makes more sense. Elmo is a red furry monster with an. I mean, like he hasn't nose. grown he out of talking in old. the third person yet. This is true. Which I, is a stage I'm sure we all go through, right? Okay, how old is Grover? Grover's, like, my age. Grover's, like, 30. He's, like, getting it together. Grover's four. Fuck off! Grover There's is no way. four years old. How? how? I don't know. On how old planet? is Big Bird? How old do you think? Oh, now I feel like I'm going to say, like, nine. Big Bird is six. Come on! <laughs> Actually, you know what? Have you ever seen the movie Follow That Bird? Uh, no, I haven't. It is, it's before, it's like the, the, the first sort of Sesame Street movie before mm. like Elmo and Grouchland and stuff. It's like made, I want to say in the early 1980s, maybe late 1970s even. Yeah. Like pretty soon into the Sesame Street run. And it's all about Sesame Street. I'm sorry. It's all about Big Bird, like, um, getting lost and having to find his way home. Oh. Right. And it, it, he has little kid energy. Oh, the, I mean, obviously we don't have to necessarily talk about the Jim Henson death episode where big bird sings oh my god so beautiful so heartbreaking jesus christ okay how old is bird this is the last one i'm surprised you've never seen follow that bird it's 1985 you should watch it. i want to watch that yeah how old is bird oh you know what i'm not surprised you haven't seen it because you've never seen any movies no films yeah um how old is bird yes i can't shake the fact that he's like 40 bird lived a long life oh my god are you telling me he's dead let me tell you that he died in 2021. No! Leaving behind his wife, Patty, and son, Matt. What are you talking about? Bert Newton died oh my at 83 God. years old. <laughs> Good. Okay. Let's go. Josh and Chelsea have what is basically their first conversation over breakfast, which Chelsea begins by asking Josh, what was your thought process with choosing me? Great. Which is not a good start. Really good. You know what? When Danny and I get married, <laughs> I'm going to be like, what was your thought process what, with choosing yeah, me? Yeah, what's, what's with this? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Frankly, something I've said to many partners many times. <laughs> uh, Josh says that this experience is about meeting and experiencing new people and keeping an open mind. He's like, please don't rule me out yet. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Darren, Darren, it's happening. Darren, can you step in? She's not into me. She's I need, not. I need some help, Darren. You need to play along. Yeah. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Dalton and Moana are having what I would classify as a shit chat um, about what's in the juice that they're drinking. Oh, no. He's like, oh, yeah, it's got a, must have a bit foot. of a spirulina. Or, foot is what's in it. Foot juice would be much better, wouldn't it? Um, followed by another shit chat where Moana asks how Dalton is feeling about Josh picking Chelsea. And Dalton says, well, there's nothing I could do about it. Great. Like, at least pretend for a fucking minute. Give us anything, Dalton. (laughs) Chelsea sees Dalton and Moana sitting together, and it's too much for her. She tears up. She says it's a bit of a trigger, um, which is horrible. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Duty and Hannah appear and reveal that it is time to fill out the cast a little bit more, because we've evened things out at the cast off wrote that the say goodbye to all your close friends because it's time to pack your bags and we're going to be getting some of them are going to be going home and going not going home but they're going to go to another place now ceremony Ceremony. yes and this time it's two boys who are twins oh we love the logans what the fuck is going on great who does this this is bad isn't it 
bonkers. Why this makes for awful viewing. We, it does. And it makes you go, huh? What the fuck? And it's, it makes you question everything. It's so confusing and it's not even like they're pretending to be the one person, which is the only acceptable circumstance that you can introduce twins to Yes, a doing parent traps, switch, switching in and out. Yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. Um I thought the Ellie and Becky Miles situation was bad, but this is ju- this just r- truly boggles the mind. No. Nope. Um there have been, I've even seen twins on the US Bachelor. Yeah. Um, but at least that what were their names? Haley and something. But during that time, there was like season 20, I want to say. Yeah. There were millions of people tuning in every week. Yeah. And so you could go on and you could be a carnival freak show. <laughs> you know, you could go on and do something weird. But at least, you know, the decision that you and your twin make is we're going to go and do this in front of 8 million people and get ourselves set for life. Certainly. As opposed to like, this is a new TV show based on a property from, <laughs> from 30, the 1960s 40, 50 years and ago. me and my twin brother, Ben, are right. going to, to fucking be on a boat for a bit. Yes. Um, we get a little video package introducing 23-year-old Harley and Jesse in which the language is incredibly unclear whether they are looking to date two different people or not. Great. I don't know if you picked up on this. Um, quote, I'm so excited to be going on the real love boat with my twin brother. We haven't been able to find that right one. Oh, no. <laughs> We're very young, but definitely want to find the right person to build a family with. Goodness me. Oh, Family's this is very sister wives. I us, love it. So they have to tick that box. I'm like, please say people. Yeah. Say we're looking for the Give right Give me plurals. People. Yeah. Um, the twins are immediately given the chance to pick any of the women to go on a date with them. And again, the, the language is very unclear. They're like, uh, the two of you can pick a woman to go on a date with you. And I'm like, is this happening? Please define the relationship <laughs> but uh yes then um then jesse picks chelsea uh and harley picks naomi somewhat chaotic but they don't they don't know they have no idea um jesse and chelsea's date involves a little anti-pasto platter on a private balcony jesse tells chelsea he loves trying new foods um but he's 23 so that's like just every day he's oh like oh Lord. what's it it's a banana <laughs> <laughs> I've always heard about it's these. Called the Vokodo? <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. Everything he's trying is for the first time. Yeah. He's a baby. He's a child. Jesse says, my next relationship that I be in is oh, going to be no. the one, I reckon. Oh, Jesse. Sorry, just it's like, not. They've, they've let a, a little kid who doesn't. <laughs> they've let Elmo essentially on to the show. Um, he feeds Chelsea a mouthful of something and then says, cheers to an awesome dinner, despite the fact that it's clearly the early afternoon. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, I'm obsessed with this. I, I love, uh, himbo twins. Um, I want them to be dumber and they're not, they don't continue being this dumb. No. Um, I feel like it makes it more digestible for me if I don't have to think about them as actual people. <laughs> right. I think that's true. Like you can just think of twin. Right. Exactly. Yes. Um, Chelsea. Twin bows. Twin bows. There you go. I'd green light that in a second. 100%. Uh, Chelsea tells Jesse that the five year age gap between them wouldn't necessarily be a problem, but she doesn't want to be labeled a cougar. Good lord. This woman's 28. I don't, She's in the prime no, of her life. No, yuck. <laughs> go away. If it works, it works. Right. Um, Jesse says he within wants. Within reason, within reason. Sure. Jesse says he wants to have two twin boys and a girl. I looked this up. Apparently about 3% of births are multiples. Yeah. So statistically, the odds are stacked against him. Wait, no, but twins are more likely to also have twins. Okay. Yeah. I believe you. 
Uh, but not like certain. I mean, look, not the guy, certain, he's allowed but to want whatever he wants. Uh, yes, you're right. Have a higher chance of having twins themselves, as I understand it. Interesting. Based on the sample size of my friend Tom. Okay, right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, in, in that case, I wish him all the success in the world. Yeah. Meanwhile, Harley and Naomi. And by the way, I wish all of them all the success in the world. You're right. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, I wish you all the success in the world. Mm. And to you, my friend Max Quinn. What? Good luck. Oh, thank you. You're on your own. <laughs> well, gotta go. Now, here's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're going to keep going with the boat stuff. And uh, let me tell you that uh, Chugga Chugga uh, in primary school, my sister invented a song called Beep Beep Shickle Shickle. It went beep, beep, shickle, shickle. It's a pretty good song. I don't know what shickle means, but um, I've always associated it with uh, maritime transportation. Uh, and let that spirit sort of carry you into the next part of the episode. You'd be surprised how many listen- like music fans don't really pay that much attention to the lyrics. You Fuck know, yeah. it's, it's all about hey, the emotion about the feel, and the, what the informs feeling. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Chickadee China, the Chinese chicken, mm. Humpty Bump, <laughs> you know, it's all there. It's all there in the feeling. Well, okay. Those are lyrics that I really sit down and, and pay attention to because yeah, I feel yeah. something there, you know? The snow, listen how to I, what go. I feel. So Harley and Naomi sit together at a bar. Harley's got his own business, which impresses Naomi. She says that she's studying psychology and that she thinks that Dr. Tibbles, and that's her surname. Yeah. Um, she says, Dr. Tibbles has a nice ring to it, to which he says, oh, you never know. You could be Dr. Anderson which is his surname, the fucking audacity. To be like, not only are we getting together, but you are taking my name. Right. It was just this man walking onto this cruise ship. Yeah. Assuming any of these women would, would want to take his surname. Yeah. Like, like he's got a business, but it's none of his business at the same time. <laughs> I was just thinking, you're already a twin. Like there's enough of you <laughs> going around already, right? Uh, Naomi passes down some sage wisdom yeah. to this new arrival. She says, anything can happen on this ship. I'm telling you that after all of these days that I've been here and seen all sorts of things, a lot can change and it can happen very quickly. She's letting him down gently. <laughs> I just think this is really great. She's like, oh, I remember when I first boarded the real love boat, <laughs> naive and optimistic, like five or six days ago, whatever. Yeah, like literally 72 hours. Time has weathered me since then, Fuck. but at least I have some wisdom and experience to show for this it. This is what know? we want. Right. Uh, and in ITM, she says that Harley seems nice enough, but this date has really underlined for her how much she would prefer to be spending time with Dan. Up next, the sun is setting as the ship heads towards Livorno on the western coast of Tuscany. Where did we start? We started in Marseille. Yeah. And then... Where did we go I next? I hardly even know where we went next. Oh, you don't know her. I hardly even know. Uh... We hear Captain Paolo's voice ring out over the PA, inviting all of the men to the captain's table. Once they arrive, he welcomes Jesse and Harley. He asks if they're ready to find love and then says, well, I did hear a lot of nice stories and anecdotes about you guys, and I'd like to hear now, but hear more. But for now, I have a ship to steer. Otherwise, we'd never get to Livorno. Fucking hell. He just leaves. Goodbye. It's pretty incredible. When I think about, because it's a, a huge boat, right? Yeah. I haven't done the research. I don't know specifically how many like hundreds or even thousands of people are aboard, 
But it is pretty wild that there is only one crew member in charge of looking after the ship. All of these people. Yeah. Yep. Uh, like, if he goes to the toilet, they just crash into They're an iceberg just like, immediately. Yeah, exactly. Like, this man has a colostomy bag, and we just have to accept that as fact. Well, yeah, either that or the um, the steering wheel is located on the poop deck. <laughs> <laughs> great. 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 Duty reveal. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, it's good. just a name. It's just a name. <laughs> Duty reveals that the destination dates that the men will be pitching themselves for include truffle hunting, driving through Tuscany, and a feast. Plus... Oh, is anyone going to Sorrento? I don't know. Why? I just don't want to leave my scooter there. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's deep in the lore. It's this deep point, in right? the BOH pod lore, but yeah. listeners, if you would like to know what that is about, let me tell it's you. It's about someone we mentioned at the start the of the episode. And you will get some... Fabulous gossip. Some juicy squishies. Yeah, this is, uh, what, halfway through this year? Something Extremely like good episode. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, Dalton asks, do we get to pick which one that we go for? To which Hannah says, absolutely not. <laughs> Dalton, if you think you have any power at this table, I'm like, Hannah, you've just arrived. You Welcome know? back. You've, yeah. just, you've absolutely just made your Yeah, your she's place. woken up. Yeah, absolutely. For, you know, look, there's, there's no connotations there. She's just... She's woken up. It's outstanding. Yeah. yeah. Harley pitches first, saying his time with Naomi was nice, but he can tell that she's in deep with Dan. So instead, he wanted to see whether there might be any spark with Moana, mm. who was the other person who caught his eye. Jay says, I'm not interested in a destination date with Sally. And everyone's like, what? Mm -hmm. I thought you guys were really... He's like, I don't want a destination date because I'm ready for that sweet, sweet room. Because that's oh. the other thing they're bidding for is the overnight stay. I see. Um, Dan is still definitely stuck on Naomi. He wants the chance to explore Italy together. Chris says he and Katie have a great spark, but he wants to see whether that spark is going to ignite. Wait, wait, is that how sparks work? Not sure. Uh, Don't know. All right. Let's well, get a physicist on the podcast yeah, one, of these, look, one of these weeks. We'll get Dr. Matt Agnew to clarify for oh, us. Oh, that would be good. What's yeah. he up to? You know, I don't know. Do you reckon we could get Dr. Carl on? Do you know, the thing with Dr. Carl is that he has face blindness. Mm. And so... Oh, that might make all of these, like, already kind of similar looking people on these types of shows. Potentially that. Mm. But also, I used to produce Dr. Carl's Science Hour, as yeah. you may know. Yeah. For... This is the reason I brought it up. I'm not just saying. You know. Yeah, yeah. And during that time, there was also a second producer, or maybe I was the second producer who can say, but me and this guy, other guy, Jono, for about two years would rotate, mm -hmm. depending on who had freedom... You must have time. gotten dizzy. Well, we sure did. <laughs> Holding for applause. <laughs> the thing is, though, that now every time I see Dr. Carl in the foyer, mm. every time I'm like, Carl, hello, how are you? And he says, Jono, oh. it's lovely to see you. Oh, well, I mean, you know, at least he knows it's one of you. He knows. But... He was like, you're a white man with a beard. Yeah. He said that to me multiple times. <laughs> to be fair, you know, what are yeah. you going to do? Yeah. Uh, okay. It's a no on Carl. That's fine. We'll see. It's not a no. It's a, it's a we'll see. Well, he has no history with me, so maybe that would fascinate him. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah, he's, yeah. he's one of those minds who is constantly learning. He's excited about new things. Oh, yeah. And I think I would present a real challenge to him. I th yeah, okay, great. Okay, well, then let's do it. <laughs> he would be like, I have to figure out what's going on here. Let's reach out to Carlos. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> it couldn't be more relevant. <laughs> uh, yeah, Patty says he could sense Tyler's energy from the get-go. He wants to explore the beautiful Italian countryside... 
you know, he's really excited about like, oh, mm. I've heard it's so wonderful out there. So I want to explore it with someone who can really appreciate it with me. It did seem a little bit more like maybe he wanted to see Italy than he wanted to see Tyler. Right. Like yeah. he was just a little bit more excited about like, oh, let's go and taste the truffles or whatever. Yeah. As a chef, he was like, well, the yes. food capital. Yeah. There's a, there's a feast happening. To I've had him. a taste of Tyler. Mm, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. It, you know, it was delicious, but, you know, there are many flavors out there. Right. He's like a Dr. Carl, basically. He is a Dr. Carl in that way. Yes. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Jesse um, says that he had his tiny little date with Chelsea. It went pretty well, so let's give it another crack, oh, right? Oh, wants a second rib. Let's see. Let's just see how it goes. And then Hannah says, can I just make it simple? Put up your hand if you're interested in Chelsea. Oh. And then Jesse, Josh, and Dalton all put their hands up. This is like grade A stuff from it's Hannah. Really good reality drama. Right. Thank you, Hannah. Appreciate you being here. This very, is someone who has been on reality TV before. Knows what the fuck she's doing. And knows how to essentially produce from from in the room. Literally. You know? Yeah, yeah. She um, knows what the show needs at this point. Right. And so this leads to Dalton trying to steal Chelsea back. Uh-huh. He's like trying to pitch for her. He's saying like, she's the most beautiful thing on this ship. Um, which to me, I'm like, I'm glad the captain was out of the room when he said that. Also that, yeah. The captain would be like, what about all my nice furnishings? Also and thing? Yuck. Well, yes, that's true too. Yeah. Um, Josh, meanwhile, pitches by saying, it'd be interesting to get to know Chelsea more outside of the boat. She's open-minded, down to earth, and can get really raw and deep in communication. To which... <laughs> to which Dalton probably went like, fuck, I forgot about her personality. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, we see Chelsea telling the women that her heart is saying Dalton, but her head is saying Jesse. So everybody reconvenes. Mm. Dalton reassures Chelsea that he would have picked her if he had the chance. Okay. At the last yeah. you know, thing. Um, he says, Moana even knows that I'm swinging towards you. And then it is time for Darren McMullen to reveal the results. Date number one, the trip to a Michelin star restaurant in the hills of Tuscany Goes to Patty and Tyler. Lovely. He's a chef. He's going to love the feast, like we said. A beautiful trip in a classic car through the hills of Tuscany. Goes to Dan and Naomi. Sure. And finally, the romantic truffle hunting adventure goes to Chelsea and Josh. Truffle hunting, it is just like digging, right? Yeah, yeah. This for me feels like you're getting your little your little snout out. Yeah. And, and rooting around in the dirt. Either there is an animal involved. Yeah. Or more likely... They are going to a place where truffles were put very shallow beneath the surface yes. 10 minutes before they arrived. Yeah, someone has dug a shallow truffle grave. Right. And then they've gone, look around. They've got to be here they somewhere. They have to be here somewhere. Yeah. Um, so again, we have this we have this good producing and good choices of these days. Yeah. Right? We have we have Patty and Tyler, which is this relationship that has some potential, but yep. we haven't quite explored yet. We've got Dan and Naomi, who are a well-established safe pick, so we're guaranteed to get some nice romantic stuff uh-huh. and then chelsea and josh a bit of an unexpected Brand one a bit of a drama bomb. what's going on here it's great stuff yes and and with chelsea being so in demand at the moment yeah her being with one of the people that we weren't really thinking about yeah in the front of our minds just means that everybody else is going to react this that. also means that moana's back on the ship there's good drama there as well right uh and then yeah the upgrade suite goes to jay and sally which only feels right at this yes. point um, and Darren also reveals that since they're up two men, there will have to be two cast-offs on the next episode. Mm. So we see Sally and Jay arrive at their private suite. 
uh, in which they are filmed springing into the bed. And I thought about this and I'm like, there's a camera set up in the private suite filming them springing into the bed. Yeah. So it's not like that private, at no. least for a bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, we get a slightly better look at what the actual suite looks like oh, this sure, time. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, not big. No. <laughs> it's, like, because we were talking about, like, obviously they cramped into these bunk beds last time, yeah. whatever. And I'm, like, well, surely the, the upgrade suite is, like, showing off one, how nice the rooms can be so that when we're watching at home going, like, I've never been on a cruise before. Perhaps <laughs> I'll give it a try. Look at these lovely rooms. And it's, like, there's room for a bed. I think it's a queen. Yeah. And then, like, that's kind of You can of, kind, kind of step of either side. Yeah. Uh, but we watch, we watch the two of them share a kiss. So I guess they don't really need that much space anyway. Oh, well. Next time, the romance heats up under the Tuscan sun. Max, have you seen Under the Tuscan Sun? Uh, now, is Meryl Streep in that one? She's not. Is the other one who I think is Meryl Streep in that one? Maybe. Do you think Diane Lane is Meryl Streep? Diane Keaton is who I think is Meryl oh, Streep. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Okay. Well. Sorry. Um, we see more tears from Chelsea and a heated exchange between Katie and Chris. So there is the promise of some higher stakes when we chat to you next time. Well. And it already felt like they were ramping up a bit this week. So let's talk like final thoughts. Like this was a, this was a, 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 a substantially different flavor, I think. I think so too. Um, than, than the first week. I, I, want, I want to know what you thought about it. Okay, so for me, this was our first foray into a married at first sight kind of territory, right? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. if this show is to realize its potential as a harbinger for drama... <laughs> a harbinger is such a good word. Go on. Then we have to continue veering down this path. Yeah. That's how I feel about these two episodes. It's hinting at a nefarious kind of future. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is, look, okay if we're looking to turn this into a pervasive reality TV juggernaut. Yeah. However, it is vastly different from what I would consider to have been the tenor of the first two episodes. Mm. The nice boat. Mm. Yeah. And it feels like... To us, and we don't watch every reality dating no, TV show. No, just most of them. We do watch a fair few of them. And I think I, I have a decent hold on, like, kind of what's happening in the in the market, yeah, in dog. the world. Yeah. And I feel like those first couple of episodes felt like they were scratching an itch that don't, doesn't necessarily get scratched by a lot of the other shows. Right. Whereas by these episodes feeling a little bit more like those other types of, you know, like yeah. Love Island, Married at First Sight, like shows that hinge on a lot of interpersonal strife. We're and... predicated around around drama and conflict. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, you know, has, of course, it's a has fundamental, to has to be a part of these shows. Right. And it is not so pervasive as to ruin it by any stretch of the imagination. Uh-huh. Um, but it took a little bit of the shine off these episodes. Yeah. Um, also, I think from a production standpoint, there were a few people that were being focused on very heavily and a few people that were kind of shunted into the background on well, these this episodes. Is the thing, like, uh, now that there are established relationships and couples that I don't think that we'll be getting rid of, mm. what do you do to shake those things up? How do you make uh, a, a, a someone like Sally change their mind? Yeah. You know? Well, I wonder if that will happen. Yeah. But even, like, the more time that we just spend with them is, yeah. is totally fine. As oh, much... I'd love more. Yeah. What do you, what's their portmanteau? 
San. No, it's not Sally and Dan. It's Sally and Jay. Sally. Jally. Jally? These guys really should have. Yeah, they should have thought, thought of this, this first. No, yeah. Yeah. They should have probably paired up based on who had the best couple names. This is what I would think. You know mm. what I mean? This is Although, why... what's the best couple name? <sighs> Doanna? No, I mean, like, at all. Like, in on Earth. Oh! You know, like, what, Brangelina, I guess? That was a really, really good one. It's quite good, but it's also, like, the entire name of Angelina, and then just... Bruh. Bruh. Yeah, I feel like that's what it hinges that's on. That's probably the, the high watermark, yeah. though, right? Uh, listeners, write into us. Join us on uh, Twitter at bohpod. You sure. can find us on Instagram at bohpod. Uh, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bohpod. What would our one be? Zach's? Zach or Mavia? They both suck. They're not very good. We're ending the podcast we forever. And, yeah, this is. <laughs> we've got to go, listeners. Uh, look, but and until then, the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook is partially where you can find us. We are, we are sometimes We're all there. over the place. We would love to hear from you. We're yeah, enjoying yeah. talking about the show, and the best part is... Um, and the reason that we're doing it is that it's a show that's on TV right now that people are watching yeah, and have some thoughts about. So yeah. um, hit us up. And do you like these episodes? Yeah, if you're watching, if you're thinking about it, if you like, we'd like something different, we would love to hear from you because, look, it's a few months still until The Bachelor comes back and we know what we're doing again, so... Yeah. Uh, your guidance, your thoughts, uh, your love and praises and compliments. Much appreciated. Absolutely. Um, that's about it, right? I think so. I don't know that we have too much to go with. The next time we will have a recap of episodes five and six. Right. Um, and then before then we will, or, or adjacent to then, who can say? Uh, We've got some Patreon apps coming yeah, up. we'll have some Patreon episodes as well. We're busy babies. Yeah, lots of, of podding to do in the upcoming i got to learn how to read in the next couple of days. Oh, it's going to be challenging. Folks. Thank you so much for having us yeah. in your ear holes. Yeah. Uh, we will be with you again very shortly. But until then, happy floating. What do you say on a boat? Safe travels. Bon voyage. There you and go. Just remember, um, don't go in the water. It's so cold. It's really cold in there, you guys. Yeah. I don't think it's very good in there. No. Mm. Listeners, we love you. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah.